Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. The words coming from the Lord telling you that you are more than you think that you are. That there is more with you than there are against you. So much more. There is life beyond sin. Life beyond habits and addictions. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. All right, Revelation, the second chapter. I'm going to read verses 8, 9, 10, and 11. Revelation, the second chapter, verses 8, 9, 10, and 11. And it reads like this. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, these things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some, say some. some. The devil shall cast some of you into prison. And ye shall, rather, that ye may be tried. And ye, ha- and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. We want to speak from the subject today of we shall overcome. We shall overcome. Now the Lord's quite emphatic here, and we're really going to get into uh, this second chapter of Revelation, and we're going to go further. The Lord's quite emphatic. He's really saying something here. He's really saying that um, uh, we're going to have some rough times in this earth. You know, it was, it was a teaching some time ago, and some are still teaching it, that once you give your life to Jesus, uh, you'll be able to lay on a bed of roses and nobody will ever hurt you, and uh, all your days will be filled with cinnamon smells and sugar and spice, and everybody's going to love you, they're all going to like you, and people bought into that. So they gave their lives to the Lord, and they found out, hey, that's not true. No, we are at war. We're at war. But I have some good news for you. We shall overcome. The Lord has made us overcomers. Now, we're going to walk this thing through. Uh, in Revelation, we're going to walk it through because this is filled with, filled with wonderful nuggets. The Lord, first of all, introduces himself. He says in verse number eight, these things saith the first and the last. That's Jesus Christ. Uh, he which was dead and is alive. That's Jesus. Amen? Amen. The Lord says, first of all, I know thy works. He says, I know what you're doing. I know your works. Now, I want you to notice something. We've made this statement before, and I want you to hear this very clear as the Lord confirms this thing in my heart. As you are born again, a lot of you in this place are born again. You're born of God. And when you're born of God, the Lord is pleased with you. 
Why is that? Because he sees through, sees you through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. When he sees you, he sees his son. Because we are in Jesus now and the Lord Jesus is in us. If you're born of God, God is pleased with you. Not because of how good you look, because some of y'all look pretty good. I'm not looking at anybody. Are you hearing me, Johnny? Praise the Lord. It's not you, per se, but it's Christ that has made you acceptable and pleasing in the sight of God Almighty. Amen? Amen? But what is in dispute is the things that we do or are the things that we do. Is God pleased with your works? Hallelujah. Pleased with you. But is he pleased with the stuff that you do? A lot of us would say, I love my children. I'm pleased with my children. But are you pleased with the stuff that they do? There's a difference. Are you with me? The Lord says to this church, he says, I know your works. I know your works. And and obviously he's pleased with it. Or he would say, y'all got some stuff going on here and something's not right. He said, I know your works. I'm intimate with your works. And he says, and your tribulation. I see you're going through some hard, rough times. He says, I know what you're doing. I know you're trying to serve me. I know you're doing the best you can to do the best you can. And I know you're going through some terrible times. The Lord says, I know. Now, I love the word know in in the King James because it, it means that the Lord has an intimate knowing. That is, he's right there with you. He feels the sorrow. He feels the pain. He's right there. He's with you. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. God said, I'm right here with you. He said, I know what you're doing. I know the good things you're trying to do. I know what you're trying to accomplish. And I know how much it hurts you to do it. Does anybody know anything about somebody actually? You're trying your best to do right, but on every, on every hand, it seems like somebody's coming to slap you or put you down. And it, it grieves your heart sometimes. It makes you feel so bad, but you're trying to do what is right. But it seems like all oh, hell is breaking loose against you. And you cry and you weep and you want to give up. You want to throw in the towel. You want to just say, forget it. The Lord says, I, I know your works. And I know what you've been going through. He's been with you in it. Now stay with me. And the Lord says, and poverty. He said, I I know you don't have any money. I know you're broke. (laughs) He says, I know you're poverty. But look at that next clause. It says, but thou art rich. In other words, I have made available to you my resources. All you got to do is tap into them and receive them. I've made it available to you. I've made it available to you. And listen, he says, and I know the blasphemy of them which say that they are Jews or those that say that they are Jewish believers or those that say that they are believers. He says, I know how they blaspheme my word. They say that they are with me, but they are not. They say that they are saved, but they are not. God said, I know their blasphemy. I know that. He said, I, I see it all because a lot of us have a question sometimes. How I, I'm trying to do right, trying to live right. And, and how are they? Ain't nowhere in the world they living right over there. Nowhere in the world. But how are they getting blessed? Jesus said, I know what's going on. 
He said, I know it. I know it. Scripture says, I, the Lord says, I know who are mine. I know. See, I love this because the Lord starts off by saying, hey, I know the total condition. You don't have to inform me of anything. I know it. He says that again. He said, I know, uh, I know the blasphemy of them that say that they are Jews or Jewish believers or believers and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan, synagogue, church or assembly. I know what church they're going to. They may show up in the church house, in my house, but they're really members of the devil's church, keeping up mess everywhere they go. Anybody know anybody like that? Here comes trouble walking in the door now. Always keeping up some mess. But I want you to see something here. He says in verse 10, and we're really going to start here. It says, fear none of those things, or rather fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Now, we don't want to hear that a lot, but the Lord says, fear not. In other words, don't worry about it. Don't have anxiety over the things that you are going to suffer. Now, I wish that I could just come up here and tell you, hey, by this time tomorrow, all of y'all going to be filthy rich. Woo! We jump up and shout, by this time tomorrow, all of your enemies going to be dead and you're going to have all brand new jobs. Woo! But that's not the word that I got to give you today. The Lord said here, listen, he says, fear none of those things which you shall suffer. He said, don't worry about it. Don't let your heart be overwhelmed with the things that are going to happen. Hear me. Now, everything, everything that, uh, everything that we suffer that a born again believer, born again believer suffers, has a beginning date and an ending date. There's always a time. It never meant, is never meant to last forever. It has an expiration date on every problem that we endure. Troubles won't last always. And that's actually in this verse. If you hear, you grab a hold of this because God has a word for this body of believers. This is so powerful. Hear this. It says, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil, that is the adversary, the accuser, that liar, the father of lies, shall cast some of you into prison. Why? Uh, that you may be tried, that you may be tempted. That devil, the liar, is going to lie on you. And some of you will be cast into prison. It may be a physical prison, but in my spirit now, it's not so much a physical prison as it is a place of confinement. A place where nobody talks to you anymore because a devil been lying on you. They don't want to bother with you right now, so you're off to yourself. The, the Lord says that don't worry about these things when they come upon you. Don't worry about them. Don't fear any of them. Because the devil will lie on some of you. He will, he will cast some of you into prison to be tried. The word tried there means to be tempted or to be tested. Tested, proven, you'll be cut off for a season. And when we are cut off from things in life, that's, that's really when uh, the best of us or the worst of us really begins to shine. When you go without. When you go without, we'll really get to see what's in you. The Lord's going to allow this. 
He's allowed now for some of us, I'm speaking in a past tense. He has allowed this thing to happen that you be tested or that you be tried. Because some of us thinks that uh, we don't cuss anymore until somebody squeeze you. Some of us think, uh, well, I don't steal anymore until you get out of money and you got a need. Some things are in you and you don't know that they're there until pressure is applied. Pressure is applied. You think you're okay until the pressure hits. See, God already knows that it's there. He knows the flaw is there and he's allowing that to come so that you know what's there and so that you can deal with it. There's a very good mechanic that said, all right, this car is fixed. And he, in that mechanic, let the customer drive off with it. But the better mechanic said, all right, this car is fixed. Let me take it for a test drive first. And then I'll give it to the customer because the car must be tested. And once it is tested, it is proven, then it can be released. Many of you, the Lord has not been able to release you into ministry because you had not been tested or proven. He only released what has been tested or what has been proven. Remember the Lord Jesus Christ himself before he started public ministry. When he was after he was baptized in the river Jordan by uh, John the Baptist or John the baptizer. When the Spirit of God uh, came upon him uh, like as a dove and God spoke, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then immediately after that moment, the Bible says that the Lord Jesus was led up into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Before he could be released into public ministry, he had to first have been tested or proven. Once he was tested or proven, then he was released. The Bible says, then Jesus came out of the wilderness in the power of the spirit. God will not release what he has not proven. He will not release what he has first not tested. You will be tested. You will be proven. To some of you, I speak in the past tense because some things have been happening over the last nine years and you're coming upon the 10th year, the complete year, and God's about to release a full manifestation of wonders and signs and and perfect things that God's about to do in life. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. Now look at this. He says he's going to deliver you into prison to be tried. He says... And ye shall be, rather, you shall have tribulation for how many days? Anybody reading with me? You shall have tribulation for how many days? Ten days. Ten days. Now, why is that significant? Ten days. Now, the number ten in the Bible, you can make note of this or write this down. The number ten in the Bible uh, signifies the perfection of divine order. The perfection of divine order. As a matter of fact, 10 starts or commences a whole new series of numbers. Isn't that right? 1 through 9. When 10 arrives, 10 is saying, I'm finished with those single digit numbers. And now it's time to start the double digit. It starts another time period, another decade, so to speak. The end of one thing and the beginning of something else. 10. 
Uh, ten is the completeness of order. Uh, it implies that nothing is wanting, uh, that the number and order are complete, that the whole cycle is complete. Now let me give you a few examples of ten in the Bible. How many commandments were there that the Lord gave Moses? There were ten commandments. Of course, uh, the, these commandments symbolize that there was the Lord gave exactly what the people of Israel needed, exactly what we need today, nothing more, nothing less. Uh, what percentage uh, do we give to the Lord? A tenth percent, a tenth percent. Uh, ten, the number ten here, or the tenth, or the tithe, represents the whole of what was due from man to God. That complete number. Are you with me? In Egypt, as the Lord dealt with uh, uh, the nation of Egypt, uh, how many plagues were there? There were ten plagues. The Bible declares in Exodus, the ninth chapter, verse number 14, the Lord said, I will send all my plagues. All and all was ten, ten plagues. In the New Testament, there were ten virgins, five foolish and five wise, representing the, the whole nation of Israel. Some would, five, uh, a fifth, or rather half would receive the Lord and call him his own, but the other half would not be ready and would have to go back and buy and sell and see the Messiah when he returned. All right. And in the book of John, you don't have to, you can make a note of this or just buy the CD later. Praise the Lord. Now, the Lord Jesus gives 10 I am's. I want you to hear this, 10 I am's. He says, I am the bread of life in John 6, 35. He says, I am the bread of life which came down from heaven in John 6, 41. He said, I am the living bread in John 6, 51. He said, I am the, uh, the light of the world, 8, John 8, 12. He says, I am the one that bear witness of myself, John 8, 18. He said, I am the door of the shepherd. Uh, that's John 10, verse 79. He said, I am the good shepherd, verse uh, chapter 10, verse 14. He says, I am the resurrection and the life, verses 14, rather chapter 14, verse 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, uh, verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 6. Again, he said, I am the true vine. Uh, chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. Now, why are we going through all this about 10? Because again, 10 is the complete number. This ministry has been here uh, since, 2000, uh, since 2001. Praise the Lord. December 31st, 2001. 2000. December 31st, 2000. 2001 started really our first year. What we are now doing is completing our ninth year. We are approaching the 10th year at the conclusion of this year. What is the Lord saying to us today? He's saying that we have gone through some tribulations and we have. We have gone through some trials and we have. And a lot of you can say that over the past years, it was very rough. It was very hard. It was hard and you want to give up. You want to throw in the towel. You wanted it all to stop. But the Lord said at the end of the 10th here, rather at the uh, commencing of the 10th year, 10 meaning complete, Nothing missing, nothing lacking. I will release the fullness of what I have called you to do. I will release the fullness of it. The enemy will cast you into prison. 
And we've been cast into times of depression and, and anxiety and deep hurt and affliction. But the Lord said that at the commencing of the 10th year, I will release full ministry and full manifestation. Oh, I give God praise for that. I give him praise for that. The Lord said, listen, he says, be thou faithful unto death. He said, you will endure 10 days of tribulation. And for some of us here again, this is past tense. We've gone through some horrible times. Anybody gone through some horrible, horrible times? We've been in tribulation. And he said, but be faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. God is calling us to overcome. He is not, now listen, he is not calling us to overcome sin. Please hear this. God didn't call you to overcome sin because Jesus Christ already overcame sin on the cross. Are you with me? He dealt with it there. Hallelujah. That's why he says in the book of Hebrews and in Romans, sin shall not have dominion over you. It shall not have control or rule over your life. So God's not telling you go after sin with a vengeance. He's not telling you take your sword and kill sin. He's not telling you that because he's already judged it on the cross of Calvary. He's not telling you, I want you to put all your energy into not sinning. He's not telling you to do that anymore because the Lord Jesus has already done that. We simply must submit to the finished work of Jesus Christ because there's something that is beyond sin and that is becoming the fullness of God, that uh, become the fullness of who God has made you to be. That is growing up in Christ. You know, once you grow up, some things that you uh, wanted to do or thought to do when you were younger, you don't want to do anymore. Once you grow older and once you mature, some things just fall off with maturity. I tell you, when I was, uh, when I was about eight years old, about my son's age, I loved my G.I. Joe doll with a kung fu grip. We were inseparable, me and my G.I. Joe doll. There was nothing, I'm sorry, action figure. There was nothing that the two of us could not conquer. My G.I. My G. Joe doll with the kung, uh, action figure with the kung fu grip. I love that thing. I carry it around with me everywhere. But why don't I have it now? I've matured. I became the G.I. Joe dog. No. No. You understand what we're talking about, right? Some of us loved our big wheels, right? You love that big wheel. Hallelujah. We, we love that big wall, uh, big wheel. Or you may have loved those other toys we had when we were younger, but what happened to them? We grew older. We matured. When we were younger, much younger, we said, well, once I grow up, I'm going to get my own money and I'll be able to go into the toy store. Our biggest desire was going to toy store and buy whatever we want. And I'm going to buy whatever I want. As soon as I get this, I'm going to do something. Well, now that you're older and you got some money, you don't go in there. Why is that? We matured. We grew older. Our desires changed. The things that had us bound when we were children don't hold us bound anymore. We used to be in the bed. The door, was to our, door to our closet was cracked a little bit 
We thought that there were monsters in the closet. And we sat in bed in fear. Thunder and lightning. Oh! We thought things were under the bed. We tried to run in the bed and get with mommy or daddy. Oh, please protect me from the monsters in the closet. But now that we're older, if we think something's in the closet, we just look at the, we'll look over to our nightstand and pick up the gun and shoot the closet door. Boom. And go back to sleep. If it was in there, it's dead now. We've changed. What's happened? We've had some more experiences. We're not the same as we were then. So I'm telling you that as we grow older in the Lord, as we mature in his word, the things that had you bound before, the things that you really wanted, we'll look back and say, why in the world did I want to do that? Hmm. Why did that have power over me? And also in the book of Revelations, as the Lord talks about the devil, Satan, at the very end of time when he is bound, it talks about how man will look over him and, and say, is he the one that bound the nations? That's the devil? Really? I thought he would have been bigger than that. Huh. The same one now that torments and all these things, we, we would have grown by then. Is that him? You see, we are overcoming. We are maturing. We're developing and having the mind of Christ. So there is a life beyond sin. There is a life beyond habits and addictions. There's something far beyond that. As the Lord calls us to grow and to mature in Christ. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. The Lord said he's calling us to grow and he's calling us to mature. He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth and that truth will make you free or will set you free. We are growing older. We are maturing. But it is the devil's plan to keep you locked in prison, keep poking and prodding at you through the bars because he does not want you to ever figure out that you have more power in your toenail or your pinky toenail than he has in his whole kingdom. He doesn't want you to figure out that greater is he that's within you than he that is in the world. So he'll keep poking at you and poking at you and poking at you and poking at you. Oh, they're talking about me. They're talking about me. I don't have no money. I don't have no money. I'm never going to have anything. I'm never. That's what he's doing. Poking, 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 poking. He didn't want you to come to church today because he knew that you would hear the words coming from the Lord telling you that you are more than you think that you are. That there is more with you than there are against you. So much more. There is life beyond sin. Life beyond habits and addictions. You know, there was an old African proverb that says this. When you go into the hut, 
No, who stopped it? <laughs> Here's the word here. When you go into a dark room, don't curse the darkness. Just light a candle. Just light a candle. We're going to suffer in life. Yes, we are. But the Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. He's called us to victory. We are triumphant in Christ Jesus. To the victor goes the spoil. But those that are on the sidelines will never, or those that sit in the stands of the Super Bowl, they will never get the Super Bowl ring. We can sit on the stands and we can cheer. Get him, hit him, hit him, hit him harder. Hit him, go team, go team. Go, go, hit him, hit him hard, hit him hard. Uh, Fourth quarter, fourth, whatever they said football game. Praise the Lord. We can yell and we can scream. We can do all of that stuff. And we can be just excited for the football team. But none of them on the stands will walk on with a trophy. And none of them will walk home with the uh, endorsements from Nike or from the other endorsement uh, advertising companies. Only those that are in the game will actually receive. Are you in the game? Are you in the game? Oh, I would be in the game, but they just hit too hard down there. They just hit too hard. I see people's helmets pop off, and I don't think I want to do that, Lord. I'd just rather just sit right here. But only they. You paid to get in, and they making money for being in. (laughs) Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You got to get in the game. You got to get in. We can't live our lives in fear, in constant fear about what somebody else is going to say about us or what someone else is going to do. How many of us have lived our lives in fear, in fear? We want to do some things, but we're so afraid. How long will you be afraid? God has caused us to overcome. Just like the four leprous men sitting outside the, the city gates there in the book of our second Kings. They knew that the Syrian army was ahead of them. And they knew that famine was on the other side of them or was behind them. They said within themselves, why are we going to sit here and die? Let's at least go to the Syrian army. You know, if they kill us, we're going to die anyway here. We're hungry. Oh, they may save us alive. They may give us a couple of bones. I don't know what they're going to do, but we can't do anything about just sitting here. And a lot of us are frozen. We are frozen in our marriages. We are frozen in our finances. We are frozen in life. No matter how much money you get, it seems like it just comes right back down to the same amount. No matter when you get it, just go, you get it, and then it comes right back down. You find yourself always in the same place. I wonder why. Here's some wisdom, words of wisdom for you. In order for you to have something different, you've got to be willing to do something that you've never done. Or that you've got to do something that you've never done. Because if you, kept, if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep having what you've been having. We've got to be willing to break the mold. And go on to perfection. Now we're closing. I pray that you're getting this today. So the Lord has called us to overcome. 
He tells us in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, in verse number 12, he says, Yea, and all that will all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's going to happen. You know, if you ever go to an army base, whether doing basic training, and some of you have been in the military in here. How many people have been in the military in here or, or in the military? All right. Come on, don't be ashamed. Raise your hand up. Praise the Lord. All right. If you ever go to a military base and, and see a, a sergeant, a drill sergeant, uh, telling his people, uh, don't, don't worry about having to, don't worry about having to learn about using a gun. You're never fired anyway. You need to take that man out back and do something with him. You have to, tra- they have to train you how to use your weapon and even train you how to bandage up the wounds when you get shot. This is war. You're going to have to learn how to take a bullet, learn how to take a hit in football. A good trainer doesn't just train you how to run, but they got to train you how to get it, how to take a hit. A lot of us are afraid to take a hit, but in order to advance the ball up the field, you're going to get hit sometimes. In order to advance in life, you're going to get hit sometimes. If you say, well, pastor, I've never been hit. Well, then you've been carrying the ball to the other end of the field, to the wrong if nobody's ever hit you, you're going the wrong way. You got to learn to take a hit, take a lick, and keep on going. Oh, and they lied on me. That's enough. Father, I forgive them in Jesus' name. They know not what they do. Um, but I'm still standing, and I am still here. I'm not leaving you, Lord. Oh, Lord, they, 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 they hurt my feelings. Uh, they, they offended me. But Father, forgive them. Help me, Lord, deal with this pain. But I'm still here. I will endure to the end. I'm still here. Can you take a hit? Ask your neighbor, can you take a hit? Ask somebody else, can you take a hit? Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you. If you plan to do anything in life, if you plan to be successful in any area of life, if you want the victory in any area of life, you better get your mind together. Somebody going to hit you. Can you take a hit? Can you take a lick and keep on ticking? Let me close this thing. Let me land this thing. And the book of John, John 16 The Lord says himself here in John 16, verse 33, 16, John 16, verse 33. He says, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. He says, in the world ye shall have tribulation. Is there anybody here that lives in the world? Okay. Is there anybody here right now that does not live in the world? Okay. Well, I'm glad nobody raised your hand. All right. That's good. We are in the world, but, but the Lord says we are not of the world. In the world, you will have tribulation. The Lord said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We have the overcomer on the inside of us. Also in the book of Matthew, 24th chapter, verse, uh, verse number 11, it says, many, it's talking about the end times. He says, many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Verse 12 says, and because iniquity shall abound. 
That is lawlessness. People doing what they want to do apart from the word of God. He says, because of because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. People will hate you. People will talk about you like a dog. The Lord said, be ready for it. Are you hearing me? He said, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Can you take a hit? Can you take a hit? Somebody talk to me. Can you take a hit? Yes, we shall see. John 15, verse number 18. Listen, it says, if the world hate you, the Lord said, the world hate, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hated you. You say, why don't she like me? Why didn't he like me? Full of demons. <laughs> of the world. Are you hearing me? Now we know that there's some personality conflicts and all that sort of thing. We understand that, right? Amen? Amen. Well, why won't they receive me? I'm teaching the word. I'm trying to live my life the best way I can. And why, why can't they stand me? If you were of the world, then the world would love you. But the Lord said, I've chosen you out of the world. Listen to verse 20. He said, remember the word that I, that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. He said, if they persecuted me, did they persecute Jesus? Oh, yeah. Yes, they did. Newsflash. Yes, they did. He said, if they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will also keep yours. What are we saying? Get ready. Some things are going to happen. Take a hit and continue to stand. The Bible says in the book of uh, uh, Ephesians, put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. But the Lord has already caused you to overcome it. He's already caused you to overcome it. Now, I don't know when your 10th day will come. I know, thank God Almighty, that the 10th day is coming. Hallelujah for this ministry. But I don't know when your 10th day will come, when the end of this testing or trial will end. But I do know this. That if you do endure to the end, you will be saved. God will give you a crown of righteousness. You will enjoy many good things in this life, in this time. But we've got to endure the hardness. The Bible says in the book of Timothy, Thou endure hardness as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't just come into the house of God that is preaching the word of God and think that, oh, everything is going to be okay. It is going to be okay, but you're going to get hit first. Are you hearing me? So many people have gotten hit in church and said, I'm not going back there again. Couldn't take a hit. Try to advance the ball downfield. Try to advance the ball of your marriage and your family, your finances downfield. And then realize that the blockers are coming. They want the ball. Anybody play football before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want the ball. Let me close out here. I think I'm losing some of you. 
All right. Now, the Lord has called us to overcome. The Bible declares in the book of 1 John, the fifth chapter, he said in verse number four, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. He that is born of God will overcome the world. That is the promise. But the problem is that we want to associate with Jesus, but we don't want Jesus inside. You see, I've been going through this for quite some time. I've been, uh, I'm just tired of my life the way it is. I'm just tired of going through the same mess. It's the same thing over and over and over again. And I try to pray, Lord. I don't know if you hear me or not, but, but I try to pray. Okay. Do you have him in here? Have you received him as your Lord and Savior? There's a difference in hearing the word of God and doing the word of God. Having him inside here. Because the Lord said, those that are born of God will overcome the world. This is the victory that the Lord has already given to us. So let's all do ourselves a favor. Praise the Lord. Here's some straight talk now. Straight talk. Straight talk, straight talk, straight talk. You probably never hear a lot of pastors say what I'm about to say to you now. This is straight talk. Straight talk. You know, if I wanted to be of the world, uh, why would I pretend? You know, because tomorrow I'm going to hell. So might as well have all the fun I can now. What would it matter or profit me to come around church people and try to act churchy? They don't have a key to heaven or hell. They don't have it. They can't help me. So if I'm going to live like the devil, I might as well party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. Because tomorrow there is hell and there's fire. And at least while, while those are roasting in hell, at least they can have good memories. At least while they're being tormented, you can have a good memory of the good time that you had. It won't help very much. But at least you have that. But instead, let's make a decision. Let's make a decision. I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of being around the things of God. I want God in me. I'm ready, I'm ready to start this thing and do it right. Still, some would say, Lord, you know, I got some things going on. You know, I, I like doing that over there. I know you say it's wrong, but, you know, I want to come to you, Lord, but, you know, it's that. You know, sometimes I could be pulling on me and stuff, you know. You know, I want to come, but I got that. You know what God says? Bring you and your baggage to the cross. And as you grow older, you'll leave your G.I. Joe doll down. The things that you, because all this baggage we think that we need. But when you grow older and mature, you realize, I don't need that. So don't let your baggage, whatever, whatever it is, whatever we're clinging to, whatever we're holding on to. If you hear a preacher say, come all to the Lord Jesus, surrender everything, surrender everything, or open up all of your life to Jesus. Give it all to him. If our lives were like a house, would you have locked doors? Jesus, come on in, man. Come on in. Yes, yeah, so good to see you. 
Yeah, you're going to room right there. Yeah, I got it. Got, yeah, yeah, come on. In. Yeah, Jesus, you can come right here. Yeah. What, that room over there? Don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. It's locked. Yeah, I know the door's locked. We'll get in there after a while, okay, Jesus? Let's just forget about that room. Here's another room over here, Jesus. But will we take all the locks off all the doors and let the Lord see all the filth and mess on the other side? When you do that, you're truly letting the Lord in. Because we've got some dark areas in our hearts and in our lives. The Lord has seen it all. He was there when we did it. He was there when we thought about doing it. He was there when, you know, after it was finished and we felt very bad. He was there. So don't let the baggage keep you from him. Bring you and your luggage to the Lord. And he'll help you separate that stuff. Because that's how separation begins. When you bring that and you to him. So today, I pray you've heard the word of God today. I pray that you are richly encouraged and blessed because God has called all of us to be overcomers. What does the word overcomer mean? And we're going to, in my fifth closing, overcomers, look at the word, to overcome, to get over, to grow higher than and go over it, to get over it, to win victory over this. You don't have to be defeated another day in your life. The choice has always been yours. God loves you. And the Lord Jesus is ready for you and waiting. He stands at the door of your heart and he knocks. If you would allow him to come in, he would come in and your life would change. I pray you've heard the word of God today. If you have, give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. 